So an acknowledgement from the defense minister about why there were no soldiers at, you know, at, at some of these shopping centers, saying it was in the hands of the police. And the police were there, like five of them, and they were expected to guard and instill some form of law and order in the face of hundreds, in some instances, thousands of people. Let me take you then to this interview conducted by my colleague Stephen Hrotis on SFM Sunrise this morning with the Deputy State Security Minister Zizi Godwa. The situation is getting better. The pre-deployment of 2005 soldiers, for an example, was based on the initial intelligence information of the plan of the instigators to target critical installations such as national key points to, to cut and disrupt the, the distribution and supply. What is becoming clear now is that their plan has mutated to do other things, which is why the additional deployment of law enforcement. But I think the situation is getting better. The, the, the impact in the economy is quite huge, but I think a lot has been averted, Steve. I must say from the intelligence point of view, a lot has been averted because the plan was big in terms of economic sabotage to destabilize the country, but a lot can be done to prevent, to make sure that a lot, a lot of disruption, which is planned by instigators, which we now know some of them, and we continue to interact, we continue to have information as we interact with people like I've been to Soweto. We get more information when we go to the people. They tell us why they looted. There's no doubt about political ulterior motives. The biggest target of this is President Ramaphosa for his uh, strong stance and firm stance against corruption. This has been building up for the longest time. From an intelligence point of view, we follow everything that is being said, some actions, activities. Uh, certainly, some of the statements that have been made by people and members who are associated with the governing party. This has been building up even before the Concord. Professor Denigo Maluleke is a political analyst at the University of Pretoria. Is it not? Yes, the University of Pretoria. Prof Maluleke, good morning to you and thank you for your time. Good morning, Katie, and good morning to your listeners. Thanks for having me. Prof, um, you heard the Deputy State Security Minister there, Zizi Godwa, saying this has been building for a long time. And yet here we are. This is the situation that we find ourselves in and we are made to believe that we should be grateful that what we are seeing are only these scenes because there's much worse that could have happened. Well, straight from the politician's textbook, Kathy, this is the, the, the oldest uh, political trick in the book. So there is a crisis, then you tell people it could have been worse. Um, and you are very lucky that it hasn't been as bad as it could have been. And then they paint for you a slightly worse picture. Now, I don't know what picture is worse than the one that you were painting as you were uh, introducing this discussion, talking about the situation in KZN, talking about a country that is on its knees, really, um, well, you could argue that it's only two provinces, but those are two key provinces. One province, too many, anyway. Uh, so I, I think I, I, I don't want to believe what he is telling me about things uh, could have been worse. 
I also hear the ministers uh, passing the buck mm-hmm. uh, in between the clip that you, you, you just played now of uh, the Minister of Defense. You can see that there is a bit of passing the buck to the police that, uh, you know, the police were supposed to do A, B, and C. We were guarding the airports. Were they really guarding the airports and the, and the national key points? Mm. I'm not so sure. It seems to me that uh, had the looters decided to walk towards an airport or any national key point, they would have done to it what they have done to uh, value warehouse in Keto Ridge, in Deben, and what they have done to all the supermarkets that they managed uh, to get hold of in, in malls. So I don't think we should buy much of what the politicians are, are, are telling us in terms of it being worse. They, they say they were caught off guard. What they should really say is that we were caught napping, we fell asleep. This is the week in which the South African government went to sleep. Now, what, what they are confessing to us is that they have been asleep for a long time. And that is most disheartening to hear. And it is probably true that for a long, long time they have been fast asleep, even though the storm was coming and they saw it coming, mm-hmm. they couldn't prepare for it and they couldn't prepare us for it, Cathy. Mm. And and it's an important issue that you are raising because even in the way that government movement on the story was activated was about 72 hours after the fact. So we hear from the Justice and Crime Prevention Cluster on Tuesday. This is days after part of the looting started last week, Thursday already. One would have imagined that at the first instance of this violence, they would have responded and been on the scene to send a very strong message that it will not be allowed. But the, but then again, when we look at what happened in Nkandla the previous weekend, where again the, the authorities were just sitting back as people were breaking lockdown regulations, it has almost been a signal that you can get away with it. You can break the law and get away with it. Yeah, you know, even when they responded, you say they responded more than 72 hours later. It starts on Thursday. We we first uh, see the the DOPS head of uh, Minister Bekitele on Tuesday uh, speaking to us. Um, even when they responded, of course, the president responded first because on Monday... Um, he gave us uh, that second speech uh, on Monday evening, two evenings in a row. He gave us that second speech, which was very emotional, but that was about it. It, it, it didn't contain much plan about how the situation was going to be restored or about how the economy was going to be protected or about how jobs would be protected it was uh, it was a highly emotional speech. Speech, and then comes Bekitele, our Minister of Police, on Tuesday, and what he, does he tell us? He tell he tells us there are there are twelve uh, people who have been identified, and uh, he can't give details. I mean, it is so little, so flimsy. You've got dead bodies. You've got the economy being brought to a halt in the country. 
You've got highways being blockaded. Ironically, even when the president was addressing us emotionally, on the screen, we were being shown live people looting peacefully and casually while he was speaking. Yesterday, when MC Sikhezikalala visited Cato Ridge, he was watching the looters busy looting when he was there himself, surrounded by uh, members of the army, his bodyguards, and the police. So the response has been very weak indeed, and you have every right, and every South African every right to ask whether the government was fast asleep or had gone on leave during this time, whether this was truly being caught on guard or there is something more sinister sure. uh, going on in, in, in the process. And I'm not saying there is something uh, sinister. I'm just saying we are justified uh, to wonder. Now, I have sure. listened to Prof- all the explanations. Sure. Uh, Pro- Pro- Professor Malulek, I'm going to give us a chance to continue with this conversation. Let me go to the news headlines. Nomsam Dluli is standing by. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. And of course, you were hearing there the voice of Anne Musa, not Nomsam Tluli. We continue our conversation with Professor Deniko Maluleke. I'll be taking your calls on 011-714-2006, the WhatsApp line 614 and on Twitter at SFM Radio, the hashtag there, SFM Talking Point. Professor Maluleke, you were talking about sinister agendas behind... Um, part of what is unfolding right now. And yes. when when we look at this malaise that our government seems to have been stuck in over you know the last couple of days as as we all watched some of these scenes unfold in front of our eyes. How much of that do you think has to do with what we know is a fractured ANC, therefore a fractured government, even in the form of cabinet, that perhaps the reason there was nothing being done is that even within cabinet, there are people who maybe don't fully oppose the scenes that we have been seeing or who find themselves, for lack of a better phrase, uh, torn about how to handle these things because of their personal affiliations or feelings? Yeah, look, that is one probable explanation of why we have come to this. And I have had several versions of that explanation being aired by various people that basically what we have is a divided ANC and these are the fruits of it. And 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 I can't I can't disagree uh, with that. However, I do want to say that the ANC has been divided for a long time, and cabinet was never as united as as all that. Maybe for the past uh, ten, fifteen years, or even longer, uh, you know. So while this explains. Um, in part how we have come to this, it is not the total explanation uh, of how we have come to this. I think 
where I agree with this explanation is that we are here because government did not do what it was supposed to do. And part of what government was supposed to do is planning. Part of what government was supposed to do is policy. Um, the fact that it remains very, very easy to convert an ordinary South African into a looter is not merely because South Africans have got the looting factor inside them. It's partly because government has, for the past three decades, failed to close the policy gap, failed to bring in the, the necessary uh, economic uh, reforms. Um, but also, if I may venture to suggest that partly because government itself has been in on the looting, in the, in the broadest sense of the word. Um, uh, by, by that I mean there is a time when one could have thought the South African government, especially over the past uh, 15 years, was a sophisticated, decorated um, labor broker facilitating tenders and that ministers uh, were in cabinet uh, mainly for that reason. And so each one of them was busy with that. Uh, some of them also flaunting, uh, you know, the fact that they were getting more money than their salaries uh, was, was being offered to them. So looting is not just what the, the, the ordinary people that we see on TV uh, do. It is also what our government has done. You could argue that from 1999, when we had the arms deal, that's when it started. But actually, even the apartheid state was a looting machine. Uh, so we, we, have, we come from a history of looting, and we were baptized into looting in 1999. And so when you see South Africans walking out of uh, supermarkets with trolleys full, you could also imagine a number of politicians and, and business people walking out of uh, metaphorical su supermarkets with trolleys full every day sure. via tenders and so on and so forth. Corruption, mm. that's what I'm talking about. So we can't just say it's unemployment, poverty, and inequality that is causing this. It's also corruption, a, a deep and long history of corruption that goes back at least to 1999, uh, Cathy. Oh. Professor Tiniko Maluleke, let me thank you so much for your insights this morning. Uh, a really, really different perspective there in terms of how you have framed it for us in this conversation. Uh, thank you so much. Uh